welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, welcome back. So we're looking at reasons why people don't believe in God. Just checking out an interesting article. Um, today, let's look at uh, let's look at a couple. There's a statement that uh, the Bible is the only proof. And there, according to this article, many atheists claim that the only evidence for God is is basically because the Bible says so. But they're also willing to, you know, lean on the fact that the Quran also says they're God, and the Torah, which is uh, which is the Jewish Bible, which is also included in the Bible, um, says uh, pretty much says there's a God as well as the the Bhagavad Gita. And I'm pronouncing that wrong, probably. That is a Sanskrit Hindu text, I believe. Anyway. So, it's interesting that over the centuries, we've uh, kind of gone to a situation where, at one point... People believe in gods, but just not the God. Um, and then there uh, comes another moment where Israel shows up on the scene, and uh, and they're saying, uh, "So look, this is our God, because God says, I'm the God that brought you out of Egypt.'" Therefore, they were at maybe at that juncture they were thinking there may be some of the gods out there, but this is the God, the most powerful God. He is the Elohim of Elohim, the God of God. And uh, in other words, the the toughest, the best, the biggest God, and He has elected us. Eventually, God comes to a point where He just says it plain that. He is the God. In Jeremiah 32, 27, uh, he tells Jeremiah, Behold, I am the Lord. And he uses his proper name, Yahweh. I am the Lord. The God of all flesh is anything too hard for me. So... I've mentioned before uh, different stories where you have interactions uh, with other gods, so to speak. Um, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel, has been pretty much from the get-go claiming and demonstrating his uh, his power his magnificence, and I use the word his in just because um, 
God does not have gender, by the way. I mean, Jesus was male, yes. But when you're talking, and, and, and uh, anyway, without going too far into that, uh, God is, and I'm not, I'm not saying that to, to muddy the water, God is beyond all of these things. But anyway, um, when God rescued Israel, or the people of Israel, from Egypt, he went head-to-head, toe-to-toe with every one of the gods, which is why you have these plagues. The main gods of Egypt, God gave a smackdown to. And, now, just to be fair, the Egyptians, or their magicians, were pulling on, you know, whatever power you want to call it, demonics, what I call it, but hey, um, they were, and, and they were doing some crazy jazz, they were, they were matching some of this stuff, but all of a sudden, they got to the point where, like, uh, no, this is beyond us, this is, this God's too powerful, this is God, uh, beyond God's. But, but uh, the God of Abraham, he he shows up and he demonstrates, and then I've, and uh, and basically just blow by blow humbles every guy, every supposed God they had in Egypt. Now then you get to, of course, you know there's other options or other opportunities along the way, but some of the ones that are highlighted I mentioned before Elijah. At Mount Carmel, where you have all the guy, all the prophets of Baal, and that's in the Book of Kings, and uh, and basically, and I love that passage because that sums up kind of the attitude, and it's basically this: Elijah he says, "Look, if if Baal's God, follow him, but if if." If Yahweh's God, follow him. And of course he is. And he demonstrated it. And, and uh, the biggest demonstration was when Jesus came. Because now you have the living God incarnate. Here with us. Emmanuel. In, which is a beautiful Hebrew word for God with us. That's what it says. Or with us, God. Anyway. Um, now getting back to, you know, this thing. Well, God exists just because you said so. Well, no. Not really. Now, in some ways it is a matter of faith, okay? From this perspective. Everyone. If you, if you take the word faith, okay? Because everybody's got little hang-ups with that word. You know, faith. You know, what do you mean, faith? Faith. You know, that's just stupid. So, let's trade that word out. Alright? Let's trade that word out. And let's call it trust. Because when you use the word trust, that has a lot more application implications and stuff. But basically, that's really what you're getting at. That's really the, 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 the brass... Tax. It's the uh, 
the bottom line of what God's getting at. It's trust. Because, look, we all, everyone, even atheists, have trust in something. Now, whether it's science, whether it's man, by mankind, or people kind, however you want to say it nowadays. Um, you know, in, in nature, uh, some people get crazy going to Gaia, but I'm just saying, everyone has trust in something. Because if you didn't, you couldn't get out of bed. It wouldn't happen. You have to trust that when you pay a bill, the other people will say, yeah, it's paid. And not shut stuff off. You have to trust that when you go outside and you get in your vehicle, it doesn't blow the heck up and kill you. Um, you trust when you buy the vehicle, that the manufacturer of the vehicle, um, you know, put it together in such a way that it will work and not kill you. Um, you know, you, we trust in the government to keep us safe and secure to a certain extent and make sure things are available and, make, and look after the economy and wow, are they doing a wow, crazy job now. But anyway, the issue is we also trust in our healthcare system to keep us alive. We trust our doctors to make good decisions and give us options so that we can... Uh, so everybody trusts every day. Now, it's not a matter of if we do or not. We all do. Even atheists have to trust. And, and many atheists trust in science. They lean hard on, on, on science. And um, I'll be honest, that's a scary thought. Uh, but, but the issue is, is we do. You know, that science can bring us to the point where we are going to be uh, better and improve. Uh, for example, let me just give you an example, okay? So Gene Roddenberry, the inventor, or the creator, excuse me, of Star Trek series, and all of the stuff that goes with that, that universe... The whole premise of Star Trek is that science and people get to a point where they leave barbaric barbar behavior behind and trust each other and come together and unify. It's a very it's it's a very warm kind of fuzzy kind of thought process. Unfortunately, that's not how it usually goes down because. And more often than not, what you got is uh, a little bit of greed in the science process. And then you got people who just want to get get their research, you know, funded under any circumstance. And they will lie, cheat, steal, and kill to make sure that happens. Um, so, uh, that being the case, now, you know, that's, yeah, you, might, you, you might be thinking, well, Jesus, that sounds kind of cynical. You know, kind of cynical. Well, you know, I, I do tend to be kind of cynical. I don't think cynical, cynicism is necessarily a bad thing if you direct it right and use it as a tool. Now, if you use it as a belief system, that's screwy. Um, but if you use it as a tool, I think that's okay. For example, a lot of people believe, oh, well, this is blind faith. Blind faith. You guys are just full of blind faith. What's the matter with you guys? Well, that's not it. There's plenty of evidence. It's just the thing is, 
is after I look at the evidence, I believe it. Because after a certain period of time, you, you really, I mean, well, getting back to the to the, the topic, you know, Bible is the only proof. Well, no, not really. I mean, uh, there's uh, a lot in science that is just, when you run the mathematical possibilities of it happening accidentally, it freaking can't. Because the math won't support it. And people say, and of course, there's all kinds of arguments, man. People just get all kinds of, no, 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 they're not doing the math right. Well, I'll, look, you know, come on. I mean, seriously. Uh, when you get beyond X period of exponentials, uh, you know, beyond pure freaking chance, um, something's got to give. Now, you know, even the people that, that say, well, okay, well, maybe the math is there, but that doesn't mean there's a God. Well, you're right. No, that's absolutely, I mean, you're absolutely right. That's true. But here's the thing. It's, it's, it's got to be something. The prime mover, it's got to be something. Uh, my understanding is is people are starting to think the Big Bang Theory now is a bunch of, bunch of garbage. Uh, you know, it's, it's wild. So here's the thing. It's trust. I look at the evidence behind the scriptures. Okay, behind the script, Christian scriptures, behind the Christian faith. Behind, and yes, is there a ton of historical background where... The church has screwed up. Yes, it has. But it's also done a ton of good stuff. Now, here's the problem. People tend to equate the church general, the universal church, I mean, Jesus' church, the one Jesus said, these people who believe in me, that's my group. That's my Ada. That's my church. We get them confused with specific organizations. We get them. We get that confused with the Catholic and the Greek Orthodox or the Baptist, or the, and that's not completely what's going on. Um, you have some of Jesus's church in those organizations, but the organization itself. Uh, there are a few that claim to speak for Jesus, and mm, but here's the thing. Uh, the Bible is not the only proof. Uh, and, and it's not just because the Bible says so. Look at the Bible. Look at the information. Look at the archaeology. Just the archaeology. And, and if you can get past some of the goombas that are, that are basically biblical revisionists that are working in the Holy Land now trying to screw jazz up, uh, uh, you know, because they want to make a name and 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 get more funding for their research. Uh, if you if you want to look past that and 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 look at the at the actual archaeology itself, where where literally they've said, well, we don't think so and so exists because there's nothing in the record, and then all of a sudden they find something later. Well, these people don't ever go, wow, we were wrong. Wow, you know, look at this. And then they make a big parade about it. They don't do that. They go, oh, well, you know, it happens. And then they go. They make a big freaking deal about the fact that it's not in the record. And then when they find it in the record, they don't. They basically almost squash the information. Oh, well, you know, uh, I'm so sorry. Or And they don't say that because they're not sorry. 
Anyway, point being, uh, there's plenty of proof. Now, this is going to go into the second part, and that is that there are people that says, look, there's just no evidence. There's just no evidence. Um, some people say, well, and I'd be happy to believe in a supreme being, but there's just no evidence. I think it depends on what you mean by evidence. Um, there is a uh, there's an interesting passage that I'd like to talk about, and this passage is in Luke sixteen, Luke sixteen nineteen, and it's about a rich man and a guy named Lazarus. For some reason, we sometimes we get the we think Lazarus is the name of the rich man, but that's not it. So listen to this particular story because this will help me with the point. It said that, and this is Jesus talking. Okay, this is a parable of Jesus, and it says there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, who feasted sumptuously every day, and at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus who was covered with sores who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table moreover moreover even the dogs came and licked his sores the poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side and the rich man also died and was buried and in Hades being in torment he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to, to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things and Lazarus in like manner bad things but now he is comforted here and you are in anguish and besides all this between us uh, between you and, and between us and you excuse me a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who pass from here to you may not be able and none can cross from there to us and he said, Then I beg you, Father, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so they may not so he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone comes to them from the dead, then they'll repent. And he said to them, If they don't hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should raise from the dead. Okay. So, this is an interesting, interesting parable of Jesus. Uh, a lot of a lot of stuff to unpack here, but but the main thing that uh, that I'd like to focus on is this last section. So Abraham basically tells this rich man, 
He says, look, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. What is he saying? He's saying they have the Bible and the writings of the prophets. They have the Torah, which are the five books of Moses, and then the, the writings of the prophets. He says, let them hear them. Now get this, okay? Now, now the guy is saying, no, 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 Father Abraham. But if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And Abraham's response is, and this, I think, is a universal truth. I believe here's a truism, okay? If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should raise from the dead. So, here's the thing. If you have the Bible, and you have all of the information behind the Bible, and by the way, I mean, there's... Ancient sources, Josephus is just one, and I get the fact that, that Jewish um, groups don't normally like Josephus, they consider him a traitor, I get that. But he talked about Jesus, talked about John the Baptist, there's a lot of cooperation there in Josephus, and, that, and then it goes on from there. But here's the other thing. Um, the, the account that is there the Bible is not a normal book. You can't get rid of that thing. It ain't happening. God will not let it be destroyed. It has almost been obliterated from places before. And in China, uh, it's very rare. But here's the issue. It wouldn't matter... If someone's not going to look at the Bible and not look at the proof and, and I mean, just d examine the, the information for themselves, then it wouldn't bloom and matter if somebody came back from the blooming dead. So the question is, what would convince somebody? What would convince somebody? If, I mean, there are people that say, well, God doesn't exist because uh, I wanted him to come and uh, I said, okay, God, if you exist and didn't show up, and he didn't show up, so so nothing's happening. Now, that's the straw man argument. But basically, I'm, I'm, some of the argumentation is that just goofy. Um, you know, well, you know, call call the president, see if he'll show up. Oh, well, the president show up, so uh, he doesn't exist. Well, it's different. Well, okay, well, whatever. But the thing is, um <laughs> the 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 issue is this first of all there's plenty of evidence and if you don't believe the evidence what would get you to believe it what what would would happen would you have to i mean like for example i mean if if you thought somebody made up shakespeare like 20 years ago uh, would you have to see Shakespeare come back to life and write it for you? I mean, literally. Is, is, is that what would happen? You know. Point being, some people aren't going to get convinced. It's not going to happen. It's, it's not the facts. It's about how they feel about the facts. You can show someone over and over again information and if they choose not to believe it then you're blowing your time because it simply ain't gonna happen people have to be at a point where they will believe
the evidence they're looking at. I mean, there are plenty of people that have uh, that have produced a lot of really good information, but nobody's going to look at that. Why? Because they don't want to. The issue is, a lot of people don't want to believe in God. They don't want to. They don't want to. And you can't fix a want to. Why? Why is that? Why can't you fix a want to? Because that's free will. God is not superseding free will. Why, why can't God free Well, he can, but if he did, he'd make everybody robots. And that's really not what the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is trying to do. He is a relationship God. He wants you to approach him, and he wants to approach you where you are and work with you where you're at. No matter how hard, no matter how far down, no matter how jacked up, messed up you are, he will work with you where you are in the gutter, in filth and garbage and whatever you're doing. He will. That's what's so amazing about the God of Abraham. He will work with you where you're at, no matter how far down you are. So, the, the complication is, though is uh, at some point you have to trust. At some point you have to put as much trust in God and in the Word, in the Bible He's left, as you do in the car you go, you, you go get into. As you do in the food you eat, that you trust people at the grocery store didn't poison you. It's trust. And it's not blind. And it's not mindless. So, with that in mind, I want to encourage you to, to branch out, reach out, look at some of this stuff. Now, some of the names of people who've got some very good information, Norm Geisler, is uh, from Southern Seminary. He's got some awesome stuff. He's an apologist, obviously. But you also have Lee Strobel. You have Josh McDowell. You have um, um, you have C.S. Lewis. Yeah, those are all the classics, per se. And there's more. But if you start there and work your way around, man, I'm telling you straight up, that's good information and evidence. Now, um... The complication that most of us have, and that includes me, is, is sometimes we want it to happen the way we want it to. We want stuff to happen the way we want it to. And it doesn't work that way with the God of Abraham. For, for this reason. At some point you have to realize you're talking about the king of the, of the ever-loving known universe who declares, I am the God of all flesh. He says, whether you think I'm your God or not, I am your God. I am the God, the God. There is no other. And when he says that, at some point, at that juncture, you have to understand the awesomeness you're looking at. You know, I've mentioned it before. Would you hug a volcano in a swimsuit? I sure hope not. And God is so much more powerful than the volcano.
that I can just say. But it's it's an example. Because you can go and you can visit a volcano. And just the sheer heat will just scare the heck out of you. The power that's there. And the, and the volcano is not trying to destroy people. The simple fact is the volcano is just being the volcano. And we tend to build houses near them. We don't think anything will happen, and then all of a sudden, poof, stuff happens. There's always the chance. So anyway, with that in mind, I want to encourage you to keep on Thank keeping on. To this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your efforts.